How do you look at people who you know are dying and on their way to hell? Do you go out of your way or are they just in your way? Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us. And pastor, kind of a sobering way to begin today's uh, time together to think about those who are dying who are on their way to hell. But yet that is the reality for those who don't know Christ. If they don't have that relationship with Jesus and uh, their life comes to an end, that's where they're going. And, and I think sometimes as believers, we can kind of forget the heaviness of that. Oh, and we don't ever want to do that. Yeah. I uh, uh, query our congregation on occasion. And now, since I did the first time, uh, they're all on board with me. I'll say to them, is there anything better than going to heaven? And the first time I asked them, they said no. Uh, now they'll say yes, taking someone else with you. Yeah. And uh, the founder of the Salvation Army, General Booth, was asked one time, if you could do one thing to get every Christian fired up about winning souls, what would that be? You know what he said, Steve? What's that? He said, I'd send every Christian to hell for five minutes. Hmm. And when you read uh, Luke's account of the rich man and Lazarus, yeah, right. the rich man was in hell, and he said, Send somebody to tell my five brothers so they won't come to this place. Yeah, Man, he hit on it, didn't he? Uh, because you think about it, and I have a message entitled, Seven Things in Hell That Ought to Be in Church. And one of the things is fervent prayer. And so this guy prayed, and you should see the word in the Greek. But then it was a fervent care for the lost. Mm. And that's what yeah. he had. He yeah. was concerned. I don't want my five brothers. And don't forget what uh, Abraham said. They got Moses and the prophets. Yeah. They have the word of God. They need to listen to what thus saith the Lord. And so, yeah, it's very serious. And uh, one of the things that motivated me, uh, hell was a motivator. And even when my family members rejected me, I stayed on them like a pit bull. I didn't bruise the fruit. Yeah. I tried to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I stuck with them, and I'm so glad to be able to say uh, that all of my family is on their way to heaven. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, my wife and I were just talking about this the other day. When we think of what eternity is, just billions upon billions of years being just a fraction of eternity, how can we not— be willing to suffer whatever ridicule and whatever uncomfortableness uh, we may face when our loved ones who don't know Jesus need to hear about them. Amen. And so Amen. that's what we're going to be looking at uh, today. We're going to be in John chapter 1. Grab a Bible, join us there as we begin this message, Each One, Reach One. Here's Pastor Ford. A couple uh, wanted to reach out to some unsaved folk. And so they decided one of the best ways to do it would just invite them over to their home for dinner. And so that night came, and uh, the unsaved folk came, and uh, the Christian family wanted to show them just how Christian they were and how Jesus impacted every part of their life, even their children. 
So as they're preparing for prayer, the mother said to her five-year-old child, little Ray Ray, little Ray Ray, you pray. And little Ray Ray said, I don't know what to pray, mommy. And so to impress her unsaved folk, she said, well, just pray what daddy prayed this morning. And little Ray Ray bowed his head and said, oh, Lord, thank you for this food this morning. But I'll pray that you'll help us tonight when we have to deal with those heathen. <laughs> of course, now, you know, it's an apocryphal story. But the question on the floor is this, how do you view the unsaved? How do you look at people who you know are dying and on their way to hell? Do you go out of your way or are they just in your way? I mean, when you look at Jesus, Jesus was a soul winner. Every time you saw Jesus out, he was doing personal evangelism. He was soul winning. John chapter 4, he met a hoochie at a well, won her. She goes out and tells the entire city, come see a man who told me everything that I've ever done. And it says, and the men ran out, all the men of the city. I didn't know she was getting around that much, but she said, Jesus told me everything I did. Some of them were going out there to see if Jesus knew what they did. She didn't go to Moody Bible Institute, did she? No. She went right out and began to tell what happened uh, to her. You see, the battle was on. Anybody remember Walter Hawkins' song, The Battle Was On? Uh, we're fighting a battle. And, of course, then uh, it's a war uh, for the souls of men and women. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. If our gospel is hid, it is hid to those who are lost, whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the glorious light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so the devil wants to steal your mind because your actions are controlled by your thoughts. As a man or a woman thinketh in their heart, so are these. So if he can control your mind, he can control everything about you. The battlefield is the mind. I tell you all the time, I don't mind saying it again. If Satan isn't plaguing your mind, maybe it's because he already got it. If you don't meet the devil as you're walking along the way, maybe it's because you're both going in the same direction. And, and so get this, get this. In Matthew chapter 9, 37 and 38, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, look out on the fields, they're ripe to harvest. Then he said this, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the vineyard. Now, let me ask you a question. What did he ask the disciples to do? Pray to the Lord of the harvest to do what? Send laborers into the vineyard. What was he talking about? Send people out to evangelize. Then what did he do? He sent them. They became the answer to their own prayer. Okay, you didn't see that. I saw that as amusing. And, and so what's so significant about that? Uh, uh, look at what the Gospel Coalition, uh, I looked up and, and found these on the Gospel Coalition. 55.3 million people die each year. 151,600 people die Every day. So at the close of this day, 
That's how many people would have died over the world. 6,316 people die each hour. 105 people die each minute. Now, what about those who don't know the gospel? The way they got this stat is they said, how many people have never heard the gospel? 2.7 billion. And then they computed it, and here's what they came up with. 55 people per minute die and go to a Christless eternity. 55 people a minute. Which means then, when we leave here, 4,950 people died from the time the people who came on time walked in till the time I let you out if I let you out on time. 4,950 people went to hell while we were here. Hmm. That's really something. And see, we got to realize then that we have to reach people. Each one, reach one. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to pass out a sheet. I'm going to ask everybody to come up with the name of one unsaved person that you are going to witness to this week. And then I'm going to ask you to write down the name of one person that you know who knows the Lord, but's living a carnal existence that you can encourage to return to fellowship to Jesus Christ. So be thinking about the person that you want to witness to. And because whenever we start next week, that's what we're going to do. Give you an opportunity to share what you shared with who you shared with. And so this text is tailored to teach us that each one should reach one. That every one of us is called to evangelism. If every sinner is a mission field, then every Christian is a missionary. And that you and I need to know that evangelism is not the sideline of the church. Evangelism is the main line. It is not our option. It's our first priority. And so when we look at this text, we're going to see that we're called to win souls. And I want you to see uh, what's going on. I'm going to drop them. I'm not going to push them. But I want you to notice what goes on in this soul-winning passage. And of course, remember, uh, these are the first souls that Jesus won in his ministry. And so he's baptized, and then, and then he goes out in the wilderness, and he's tested. And now uh, John says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And only two of John's disciples left him. He just pointed out the Lamb of God. Only two. You better be careful that you don't have a stronger commitment to a man than you do the man. That there is a man who can get you to do what the man cannot get you to do. You apply it however you want to apply it. You apply it however you want to apply it. It's amazing to me, especially when it comes to preachers, the, the people of God, they don't know anything about balance. They go one extreme or other. They deify you or they devilify you. That's the word I just made up. Yeah, they don't know the balance. That's tragic. You know, balance in the Christian life is so crucial, isn't it? But to have that Christian life, you do need to have Christ in your life. You know, our message is called Each One Reach One, and we are called to share the gospel with those around us. And, you know, you can do that actually through Christian radio. 
Maybe you've uh, come to know Christ because of something you've heard through Treasured Truth or Moody Radio. We would love to hear your story. Let us know how God is using this program in Moody Radio in your life. Come to treasuretruthradio.org, click on the contact link, and you can share your story with us there. You can even ask a question to Pastor Ford. Again, come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on contact. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. And so here it is. He points them out and some stay with him. As a matter of fact, we know how long till Acts 19. And John's beheaded and they're still his disciples, not Jesus's. I wonder how many people in here tonight actually are Jesus's disciples and not Christ's Bible church disciples and not James Ford disciples, not ministry disciples. Mm. Anyway, let me move on. Number one, notice the communion of the soul winner. The look at verse 38, well, start at 37. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted master, where dwelleth thou? Stop. The first thing we need is the communion of the soul winner. What do we need? The communion of the soul winner. Now, when you look at the backdrop, I got to point some things out. I want you to notice first the question Jesus asked. What are you looking for? I would have thought Jesus would have said, who are you looking for? Uh-uh. No, it's a question that asks this question of us. You're following me. What's your purpose? Why are you following me? Remember in John 6, there were people, they only followed him to make him a welfare king. They were looking for a link car. They followed him for the fishes and the loaves. So Jesus said, what are you looking for? They said, where do you live? They didn't answer his question specifically, did they? But they did answer his question. We are going to follow you and wherever you are, that's where we're going to be. And so the Bible says that they spent the rest of the day with him. Now, John uses Roman time. He says it's the 10th hour of the day. So it is, remember, what time did Jewish time start? 6 p.m. at night. So if it was Jewish time, then the 10th hour of the day would be what? 4 p.m. But it's Roman time. How do we know that? Why would John use Roman time? Because John wrote from Ephesus in AD 90. Ephesus was the epicenter of Rome in Asia. And so he wrote for Lottie Dottie and everybody. So he wanted people to understand. That's why it says to be interpreted because he knew that everybody wasn't Jewish. Most were Gentiles and they wouldn't know what rabbi means. Only a Jew would. That brings me to another point that John in his gospel presenting Jesus as God in the flesh wants to relate to people. He wants people to comprehend. In other words, he didn't have a pat set of answers that he took somebody through. I'm not against it. I was led to Christ through the Romans road. I used the Romans road, but you know what I do first? I try to find out where people are and meet them there. That's what Jesus did. He met people where they were. He did not try to force on them something beyond their comprehension. As a matter of fact, he said, why do you speak in stories? Why do you tell stories so that people won't understand? Because once they understand, they're accountable. 
So if they don't understand, why are you telling them? Because Jesus knew it's the Holy Spirit's job to give you understanding. If you believe that Jesus is God in the flesh, you didn't come to that conclusion with your own thinking. And Oprah or Dr. Phil didn't tell you that either. The Holy Spirit did, and we'll talk about that because I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit too. And so what's going on here? He says, listen, I want you to share your purpose. Where do you live? Get this. So here it is. The communion of the soul winner is the fact that when Jesus says, what do you seek? They didn't tell him. They said, we want to come and be with you. So Roman time starts 12 midnight. So 10th hour of the day is 10 a.m. And that fits this text. Uh, theologians aren't, uh, you know, aren't agreed. I ain't worried about it. I believe, uh, you know, where's a couple others are right. Uh, that is Roman time because it says they spent the entire day with him. So if, if it's Jewish time, you only got two hours left. That's not a whole day. They spent all day. So in other words, they spent time with Jesus. What happened to them? They got saved. But, but they spent the whole day. You think that's all that happened? No. And so they're sharing with him and, and, and they're being with him. See, some of us can't reach God in the heights of heaven because God can't reach us in the depths of our soul. See, the reason you can't go high enough is because you refuse to go deep enough in Jesus Christ. And so what's going on here? Can I ask you a question? Say, ask it. Do you love Jesus or do you just have a crush on him? See, it's better caught than taught. Why in the world uh, would he want them to be with him? Come and see. Wow, that's always what Jesus says. Come and see. Now, now watch this. You have to be with Jesus before you can speak about Jesus. Because you can't teach what you don't know, and you can't lead where you won't go. And so here they are now. Uh, they're finding out about him. Mark chapter 3, 13 through 15. Mark chapter 3, 13 through 15. Look at what's going on in this text. Here's what it says. And he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him who he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him, that he might send them forth to preach, have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. Let me ask you a question. What's the number one reason, survey says, that God called these disciples? Somebody holler it out. That they should be with him. That's the first thing that Jesus was looking for with these disciples' partnership that they should be with him because in being with him, that's where the process takes place. That the more I'm with somebody, show me your friends and I'll tell you your future. The people that you hang around and, and I, I hang around two guys all the time. We hang all the time. We sound alike. I never said, hey, Joe, so much. Till I start hanging with Pastor Monty. Hey, Joe, hey, Joe, hey, Joe. Now I'm saying, hey, Joe, hey, Joe, what's up? Hey, Joe. It's like I say, why am I saying, hey, Joe? Because I hang with this joker. And every time he calls, hey, Joe, hey, Joe. And the other brother, hey, Joe, hey, Joe. My name ain't Joe. My name is James. Why do I do that? Because birds of a feather flock together. And so when we hang out with Jesus, he rubs off on us. So then we will see like he sees. 
And, and we will speak like he speaks and we will love like he loves and we will touch like he touched and we will walk like he walked. And Jesus was a man of compassion. And so what did he do? He looked out over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stoned the prophet, how I would have gathered you like a mother hen gathered her chick, but you would not. And he cried because they wouldn't come to him for salvation. When's the last time you wept because somebody rejected Jesus Christ? Sure hope you're crying for your family, the members that aren't saved. Most of us have written them off now because it's been 20 years and we talk to them. We don't even say nothing to them anymore because we tired them. Hmm. And so the first then is partnership. Then proclamation. It's partnership before proclamation. What did Jesus do? They learned more about what they saw Jesus do than what they heard Jesus say. And it was the modeling that made an impact for the message. Am I right about it? Yeah, because they didn't know how to serve each other. John 13, uh, they all went up and sat up and reclined. They didn't have a table. They laid down and reclined at a table. Everybody sat down. Jesus got up after everybody sat down. Want to make sure ain't nobody going to pull none of those. Oh, yeah, I was going to do it, you know, uh, but I just wanted to go back and come back. No, they all went by. You know it. You know it. I do it all the time. You know, they all went by, you know, so I'm going to see that stuff. I ain't washing nobody's feet. I just doubt it. I ain't doing it. None of them did it. Jesus got up and did it, and that made an impact on them. This is what you need to do. Huh. Then power. So partnership with Jesus. That's called fellowship. And then proclamation about Jesus. And then the last thing he gave them was power to perform from Jesus. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Each One Reach One. And really a great message as we just get started on this topic today. If you want to make sure that you don't miss any future broadcast, I do hope you'll come to our website right now and sign up to begin podcasting the program. Come to treasuretruthradio.org. And if you happen to use iTunes for podcasting, would you go ahead and rate the podcast? That really does help us, allows us to be found by even more people. And the great part about that, more people hearing the truth of God's Word each and every day. You know, we also want to make it available for you to listen on the go through our Moody Radio app. And so if you have a, a smartphone, if you have a tablet, you can download the Moody Radio app and listen to Treasure Truth On Demand, along with other Moody-produced programs and streaming music stations. Now, you can simply go to your favorite app store and search for Moody Radio, like Google Play or the iOS app store, or we'll link you to it when you come to our website at treasuredtruthradio.org. And whether you listen on the radio, online through our website, by podcasting the program or through the app, it's all made possible because of the generosity of those who listen. You know, if you're a regular listener to this program, would you give a gift today so that we can continue to reach more people with this good news? We're listener-supported. We depend on your generosity. Give online at treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the Donate button. There you can give a one-time gift or a regular monthly gift. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org and click on Donate. Well, thanks for doing that and for listening today. Also, thanks to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.